Okay, well, welcome to the February version of EM Toxcast. Uh, I am here today with Rita McKeever. Hi, for our second, Yeah, great. For our second uh, podcast together in the EM Toxcast studios, enjoying the lovely 70 degree, there is no such thing as global warming. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable weather. Philadelphia today. weather. Uh, our topic for today uh, is acetaminophen levels, uh, and we get you know, lots of calls about acetaminophen levels. We, we've been joking recently about the boards. If, if the board test had anything to do with the actual practice of toxicology, there would be 7,000 uh, APAP questions on yeah. there. <laughs> and one structure. And one structure. It would be acetaminophen. <laughs> yeah, <that's right>. <laughs> <laughs> so we were talking before we got started about uh, some typical things that we get calls on, and uh, they, they kind of go different versions of, of this. Like, oh, we have somebody overdosed, a handful of pills, uh, took some Tylenol, the level is 120. Our answer usually is like, thank you. That There's an X and a Y coordinate to there. So like, what's the time, right? right? And uh, when we hear it's a three-hour level, you know, what do, we, what do we think as toxicologists when we hear a certain number? What does the literature say we should think about? Um, and then the other thing we get is we have a psych patient. We just want to med clear him. His Tylenol level is zero. We don't know when he took the meds. Um, you know, what's, uh, do you think you should be med cleared? So a couple of papers, I think, help us with, with this, and we'll go over them. And um, one of the older papers, uh, which will be on the show notes, is uh, measuring plasma paracetamol concentrations in all patients with drug overdoses, development of a clinical decision rule, and clinicians' willingness to use it. Always a problem. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and then the more recent one, which just came out in ClinTox, which is kind of serum acetaminophen concentration obtained less than four hours post-ingestion, determine which patients do not require treatment with acetylcysteine. So, Rita, what do you think of this paper? And, and um, uh, I always like it when the authors, instead of using the question as the title, give me the answer. So I actually had to read the paper to figure out what they yep. were trying to say. Yep, no, absolutely. So what are your thoughts on the less than four-hour post-ingestion level, and what does this paper tell us about it? So, uh, you know, just a little bit of background as far as why we even use like that four hour cutoff. Obviously, right, okay. the, the RUMAC Matthew nomogram kind of starts at that number at that four hours. And that's, you know, mainly because you're trying to make these decisions based on, you know, how completely absorbed is the acetaminophen at that point in time. Right. And obviously things can change when, uh, you know, it's something someone just ingested a therapeutic dose versus a significantly large uh, toxic dose. Um, and, and the four hour is what we'll call the post distribution, right? right? Generally, we like to think of that. Whatever's going on in the absorptive phase or what have you, for the most part, is done at four at hours. At that point, yeah, right. You're for right. the most part. For the most part, like you said, there's those two points on that nomogram. You're thinking about time and you're thinking about level, right? And uh, you want to consider: Did this person give you like a solid time when they actually took it? And that way, you could really plot on that nomogram. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, right. The nomogram may not be that useful. Exactly, yeah. This paper kind of showed that in those patients whose levels were zero or, uh, you know, less than the cutoff, mm -hmm. typically didn't go on to be uh, toxic. So, you know, those psych patients that you want to medically clear and kind of get the uh, psych evaluation on and uh, move through your department would be able to be cleared at that point if you have a known time of ingestion. Right, so that's the, that was the goal. Like, do we really have to wait four hours to figure out if somebody is APAP toxic or not. And 
and knowing the pharmacokinetics of acetaminophen, is it even possible to have, let's say, a level of 50 at two hours and then go on to be 150 at, at four hours? I thought table two in this paper was really sort of illuminating that what they call the diagnostic accuracy of acetaminophen concentration obtained between two and four hours post-ingestion. And the likelihood ratio uh, of uh, APAP uh, levels that were, you know, 150 and greater, right, where mm -hmm. we would want to see that, <clears throat> that's where you, you rapidly get into a, a high, um, higher likelihood ratio of predicting toxicity. Right. The flip side is if your APAP level was less than 10, your likelihood ratio of being toxic was zero. Nobody who had a two to four hour level of zero what we will call less than 10, um, went on to have a toxic level uh, at all. They were all, um, so that makes a likelihood ratio of zero. Right, right. <laughs> Love to see that. Yeah, and so, you know, we, Leon <laughs> Gusso and I were tweeting back and forth about this, and Leon made the very, I think, very strong point to say getting an acetaminophen level before four hours is a total waste of time because you're going to have to repeat it. I pushed back on that because I felt like, there are certain populations where I think a level, I can get a level of zero and I really want to, I want to see that. And I don't need to wait four hours to get an acetaminophen level of zero when somebody says, you know, what, uh, they only took some Xanax or what have you, you sure. know, and, and whatnot. So what's your practice? Like, how do you manage when you're managing tox patients? Like, uh, you send an acetaminophen level on everybody that took pills. Do you do a little history? What, what's your approach? Excuse me, a lot of history. Uh, you know, it's, it, you, if it's somebody that I'm really concerned about that may have ingested some pills or appears that they were actually suicidal, we have a lot of psych patients that we see in our emergency department. Um, and I feel like there's something going on with them, then I always get an acetaminophen okay. level. And typically it'll be, uh, you know, I, I would aim for the four hour level if I really think that they took acetaminophen plus you know, whatever else they may have uh, ingested if it's somebody that's actually suicidal. Now, we see a lot of psych patients that come in that really just want to kind of get off the streets or sure, yeah. may not have had, uh, you know, maybe admitting to a couple of Xanax or something else. And it's a patient that I may not be drawing labs on or I don't really, I'm not convinced that they, you know, took anything else. And I ask them specifically about acetaminophen. Mm -hmm. Um, if they, if it's somebody that I don't think has ingested acetaminophen or, you know, I'm not concerned about them as far as manage them and treat them with anything, give right. them fluids, draw labs, that kind right, of thing. Right. Then, uh, so that, that's the threshold. Like if I'm not putting a, a line in them or drawing bloods for another reason, right? And I don't think it's APAP, right? I may not bother getting a right. acetaminophen level. Um, one of the things I always learned in fellowship with that people that overdose lie. Absolutely. <laughs> and that's a little harsh, but, you know, they're, they're basically um, folks with a lot of behavioral issues, and they're not exactly forthcoming, shall we say. And so uh, knowing where that threshold line is, um, I think as toxicologists we get a feel for it, and, 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 and as EM physicians you start to get a feel for it as well. The other paper that we were looking at suggests that um, – everybody should get an acetaminophen level. And uh, this is from 2002 Emergency, Emergency Medicine Journal. They took 300 patients uh, and um, measured uh, APAP levels on, on everybody. Uh, half of them denied taking acetaminophen and half admitted to it. And of the folks that denied it, uh, it was just about 10% who had an acetaminophen, a detectable acetaminophen level. 
So if we take that at face value, and the conclusion on this paper was that all patients who allege taking an overdose need an acetaminophen concentration. If we take that at face value, that 10% of all patients who say, I didn't take acetaminophen, um, actually took some acetaminophen, but for the most part, they probably didn't take a lot, uh, then, then that's where I think the APAP level at an hour of zero is an absolute help. You know, because Absolutely. you can actually just discharge that patient or, or medically, move that clear pa- them. Med- medically clear them, right? Um, and so, so what do you do when you're getting, you'll get an APAP level and it's, you don't know the time, right? Or it's somewhere in a time frame. Do you repeat it? Do you do any, uh, you know, bedside pharmacokinetics on it? Or do you, uh, you put it in a context of the patient's history? Yeah. So if I if there's if it's really unclear when they may have taken it, um, it depends. It really depends on the patient's history because sometimes if it's something where either it's a chronic ingestion or they've been, you know, they've taken it and it's you know you don't know exactly where gonna they're gonna end up lying on that nomogram. Okay. Uh, I sometimes I'm a little bit more conservative as far as you can always try you know checking the repeat level. Right. So by chronic you mean like. Took a handful in the morning, another handful in the right. afternoon, and the evening got fed up and added oxycodones, you know, and so it's right. like a, so there's no discrete time. Right. The one thing about the Matthew, uh, Rumac Matthew nomogram is that um, it does have an error bar already in it, right? So the, the yep. real toxic level is 200 at four hours. We lower it to 150 for a little wiggle room. But it doesn't have any wiggle room on the hour. Like it doesn't say plus or minus an hour on either side. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> So we we were joking that our uh, the ideal overdose right is uh, somebody uh, says uh, just when Jimmy Kimball started I <laughs> threw a whole handful of acetaminophen in, in my mouth and you're like okay great I know exactly when you took your medication <laughs> right right yeah knowing that knowing that point uh, in time knowing that you know part of the two part of the the nomogram really would obviously help and. It, and you like you said there's that you know 25 percent error margin that kind of helps right. Co-ingestants are another issue. Sure. Right? So if you're near the if you're near the nomogram line, and I think you've taken something that will slow your absorption, uh, I might you know if it's 145, I'm gonna like well who's gonna argue because even if I'm off if I'm off by an hour, you know that puts It'll it on the wrong over. side. So right. especially if there's co-ingestants in there. So I think this is I think this is helpful to folks. I think I think it's helpful to us in guiding our our recommendations and that basically that. Um, I don't think any sooner than an hour, right? So right. if the, they took it just before, don't bother. Wait at least an hour. If they say they didn't take any acetaminophen, maybe a one-hour zero, uh, a zero level at an hour completely gets you um, out of the woods on that, at least from a prior probability standpoint. And then I think we both agree that if they took acetaminophen, you're getting that four-hour. You're getting that four-hour level. You're just going to sit tight and wait and try to estimate it as much as possible. Yep. Definitely. All right, great. Well, a short podcast, but as I like to say, news you can use. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. And um, uh, thanks for joining me and discussing this, and uh, we'll see you next time. Sure.